to the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. From inside the warehouse at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, usually the sun is streaming into this glorious window. Instead, we've got pouring rain right behind us. It's the Mass and All Access podcast. Paul Mancano, Bobby Blanco, coming to you on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and now your very own Facebook page. You're getting better at that. You're we're getting all of the uh, the platforms right in a row. Thank you. Right and in a row. Now we have a brand new platform to debut for the very good people of the Mass and All Access podcast listenership. You can watch our video. Our video is going live, and then you can rewatch it later on Masson. All Access is Facebook page. It's Facebook.com slash Mass and All Access. Yep. Uh, we, it's, it's, look, it's the same great content, just with 200% more interns. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's a good math right there. Mm-hmm. 200% more interns. Shout out to Brendan and Cam behind the scenes. They're doing a fantastic job. Uh, Paul, I feel like you're bearing the lead, though. We are recording our very first video podcast of the season on your birthday. <laughs> Bobby. Oh, a cake? Oh, you shouldn't have. Happy birthday, oh. my good friend. I'm just going to pretend, for those not watching the video, that uh, you got me a cake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though you didn't. Well, here's you the thing. Bobby. You're the baker. I am the baker. You're the baker. And it, we can't ask you to bake your own cake. I can bake. Look, you ever hear of the little it's red It's actually hand? Olivia's fault. Where is she on your birthday? She um, was working for about 24 straight days. Yeah. I want to say that she slept in the web studio. Um, I found an empty can of her... Uh, like coconut, coconut. Yeah, I saw that same thing. Is it coconut milk or it's like a coffee coconut with water? Co- yeah, yeah. Um, gross. Like electrolytes. Gross. With the caffeine. Had a straw that was used in it. It was just <laughs> gross. Yeah. Um, but happy so birthday. Thanks. Yeah. Happy what, birthday. A, what a birthday gift from Olivia. Happy so. birthday, Paul. Um, Thirteen. Uh, twelve. Twelve. Okay. Twelve. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I'm starting to send out the application letters for high school. All um, right. To starting to take those tests. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, it's it's a, an, an interesting time in my life. Preteen, um, you know, adulthood is almost upon me. Um, confirmation coming up. <laughs> confirmation is <laughs> I got to pick my name. Uh, all of the struggles of uh, let me tell you, just got a cell phone first time. Yeah, these are all things that happened to me at yeah. like sixth grade. Well, congratulations! Grade. I'm proud of you. Thank you. On the real though, any big uh, birthday plans? Uh, I kind of celebrated this past weekend. I'm a big uh, believer in it's not about the specific day. Because you want to do what you want to do. You're not going to be able to, like, fit everything that you need to into a day. So, yeah. like, uh, I had a couple friends fly in. One flew in from Missouri over the weekend. Another uh, flew in or took the bus from uh, New York. Uh, we went out uh, on Saturday night around D.C., which is where my other friend lives. And uh, there's a, a bar, I can't remember the name of it, that has uh, tremendous games. So, it's got, like, players, shuffleboard. Uh, not I don't not Players Club. Maybe. It's in, um, what's the circle? DuPont. DuPont circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got, it's like underground. It's got uh, uh, great shuffleboard, ping pong. So we were, we were ponging it up. Nice. Getting pretty into it. Uh, my friend from Missouri was just waxing us. Just just <laughs> crushing us off. Like uh, Dwight and, uh, yeah. and uh, Moe's and from the office. Yes. Just like late at night. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, getting quite cocky about it too. He was undefeated on the night. All right. uh, had already gone through like the full lineup like twice by this point. And as we're getting ready to leave, two cops roll in, like fully armed cops, 
dressed to the nines and were like, hey, do you mind if, if we guys play, play you guys as well? We're like, sure. So my friend who destroyed us <laughs> starts playing and just gets demolished. <laughs> just flat out embarrassed by these two cops, both of them, like one and then the other. Yeah. Uh, and you can't get too mad in front of a cop <laughs> yeah. because one, you're already a little bit intoxicated. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty hilarious. So I, I think that's just, they, they were like, yeah, it's just how we blow off steam like when they were in, uh, on our break. Just play a bunch of... Yeah. Young kids in ping pong. There All was right. a Krispy Kreme across the street, so I'm guessing they hit up the donut shop um, and then, uh, you know, came over and, and waxed us at Pong. All right. Which is, um, you know, that's honestly, putting my friend in his place was one of the more, that's, that was your that birthday protecting, present. Yeah, yes. That true. was your birthday And gift. that's also protecting and serving. That's yeah. what they were doing yeah. here. So right. um, that, was, that was a fun weekend. You had a fun <laughs> weekend as well, Bobby, in Cali. I did. Since I'm glad we're doing our first video podcast. You look closely right here. You can see my sunburn and then the line. Yep, right there. Now it's pale where my hair fell down when I was on the beach. So yeah, I'm looking nice. Uh, yeah. Do you ever do? You, do you have like a? Where you, do you wear a chain or anything? There you no. have like a cross. I haven't worn my. I had, your, I had a. Did you do Kairos? I did. I had a Kairos. I, I wore Ky- my Kairos. I, my Ro- I haven't worn my Ross cross in a in a minute. Ross cross. I've never even heard of that. Really? We used to just call it a waffle cross. Waffle cross. Yeah. yeah. But no, I did not. But I do have like I have a good base tan, but you my do. face did get a little red, and like you can see the lines right at the top f- of my forehead. Good old is, base face I'm, tan. So, again, glad we're doing for our first video pod um, right after I got from Sun. Yeah. Um, good good time, I figure, if any. Um, all right, there there is some baseball stuff to talk about. Um, before we get into it, please do like, rate, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, what am I missing? All right, I've, I've already Well, I guess now it. Facebook. Facebook All Access. Facebook Mass and All Access. Good yeah. Lord. Um, and Mass and Orioles. So please rate, subscribe, do all that stuff if you like what you hear. Uh, we're going to touch on Trey Mancini and his all-star case. Uh, he's building up quite a good one. Brandon Hyde said he's hopping aboard the Trey train. He's driving the bus, if you will. Um, and we're going to touch on, do a little draft preview as well. Uh, because, look, it's an off day, and we are, uh, you know, as, as each, each individual game of a season is less than 1% of the season, the draft day, you could argue, is the most important day of the year for the Orioles. Coming yeah. Up. yeah, absolutely, because no secret, I don't know if you've heard. They have the number one overall pick. They do. Um, and the, this is a... It's crazy because it's kind of franchise-defining. This is Michael Elias's and, and um, Sigma Dell's first draft yeah. as the head of the organization and the head of the scouting departments. And this is what they're brought in to do. And yeah. what bigger challenge would you want to face than number one overall? Yeah. And they have a big... Uh, big uh, decision ahead of them. It's going to be an exciting, fun night. We're going to have you covered here on Mass and All Access front to back, and um, it's going to be a great live show. The Orioles aren't even playing that night, so there's nothing else for you to be doing <laughs> other than watching yeah. Mass and Alexis and seeing who they pick. We'll hear from exactly. Michael Elias and all that stuff, but um, we'll touch on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, give a full uh, draft show preview yep. coming up at the end of the pod. Exactly. Um, let's get to the baseball that's happening on the field as well. Um, tough. One of the more one of the toughest losses of the season, I would say, happened yesterday is um, great outing from John Means. The Orioles have the lead into the later innings, and uh, they surrender it and end up losing 4-2 to two to the De- Detroit Tigers. Um, each, you know, obviously this team has a lot more losses than wins, and each loss um, hurts in some small way. Um, this one was especially hard to swallow, I will say, um, especially because they had a chance to um, take the series from a, a Tigers team that, frankly, isn't all that good. Um, I guess you could get some 
you know, some silver linings out of the fact that John Means uh, is still really good. Yeah. He continues to be one of, if not the best pitcher on the Orioles staff at this point. Yeah, he lowers ERA down to 2.8, um, which is f- fantastic. His changeup is still playing. It's it's unbelievable how he's able to locate that. <laughs> it's and, a filthy pitch. And, and, and utilize that against everybody, even the guys who know it's coming, when it's yeah. coming. And, and he was able to, I think, even on, when he's missing his location, mm-hmm. the off-speed, like, it's just so deceiving that guys are just swinging and missing. I mean... His first strikeout last night, I forget who who was who it was. It might have mm-hmm. been Goodrum for the for the Tigers, but it was just a slow and he I think completely swung early. Like it was right. like he was totally, totally expected that. Yeah, it was a fastball, yeah. but set a new career high seven strikeouts. Um, you know that's not like eye opening or anything, but you know still a cool milestone for him to yeah. continue to get strikeouts using his changeup, mixing in that fastball as well. Um, he's got a good thing going for him right now. Austin Wins was very complimentary of him yeah. post game. Uh, Wins knows has caught him a good amount um, from their time together in the minors. So yeah, um, if, if there was a bright spot last night, it was Means and and he's pitching so well, Paul. We're actually running out of Means puns to use on Massive Orioles um, and on the Twitter account. I don't think in spring training Olivia was drafting up means puns because he wasn't really expected to by some to even make the team right uh, makes the team and then shows out so well that he earns a spot um, initially in the bullpen and then um, because of injuries and such gets his start a shot in the rotation and made the most of it I mean mm-hmm. you look at last year you know he made his major league debut and only pitched in the one game uh, and pitched in three and a third innings and gave up five runs and this year so far 13 games nine starts in that 280 ERA that you mentioned um, it has been especially encouraging and kind of needed because we've seen a lot of these starters go through their, their struggles. Uh, yeah. To see David Hess hit on some hard times um, has, has been kind of frustrating because, look, the, everybody is, is test, and Orioles fans have been awesome about taking the long view with all this, um, but the, these guys are going to have their ups and downs. And as many bright spots and young guys that you can look forward to uh, in the future, that's going to help. Yeah. Um, so John Means also is going to be an interesting case because he's 26 years old, so he's he's not exactly a spring chicken. I mean, when you look at guys who line up with this rebuild, we again, we don't know exactly how long it's going to take. Well, look, the, the younger you are and the more service time you have to your name, the or the less service time you have to your name, um, the higher your chances are that you're going to stick around on this team long-term. Yeah, the more valuable you become to the franchise. Exactly, because they want to, um, you know, they they know that this team right now, as constructed, is not a playoff-caliber team, and they don't know when they can just get back to the playoffs. They're not going to flip a switch and be able to do that, as as Michael Elias has said before. So um, at 26 years old, kind of in the same category as Trey Mancini, 27, of like right on the edge of this guy might be 29, he might be 28, 30 by the time that this team is a playoff team again. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, he might be in his peak or he might be already starting to maybe go down athletically. So those guys that are right in that range are going to be interesting. And we we obviously haven't seen a, a Michael Elias-led trade deadline yet. Right. But we're going to start to see the, you know, who, who Michael Elias values and what age group, you know, if, if, if these guys are all kind of trade chips, so to speak, or if the you know he wants to hold on to them and try to develop the guys that might be seen as a little bit older for a rebuild. Yeah, if Monday's draft night is the 
biggest night of the year for the Orioles, mm. then July 31st is the second biggest yeah. night. And in terms of how Michael Elias and Sigma Dell and all and company, they how they evaluate these players halfway through the season and, yeah. and, and find their values on the trade market and, and able to get prospects back. And um, you know, there's still a lot of baseball to be played, though. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Not even before in June, there. technically, yet. Um, so a month and a, two months before July 31st, plus the All-Star break. So yeah. take out a week. But, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they approach that as well. Obviously, you got to get past Monday first. It's a big night. But it's going to be a tough decision. Like, we, right. we're, we're going to talk about the draft. Tough, tough decision at number one. It's going to be a tough decision with guys like Mancini, Means, Part for the future or yeah. trade chip? Or you know? even like Bundy and, you know, all, all of these guys I think are... Yeah, could, Bundy maybe even a little less... Because Bundy's been around just a little bit longer. Yeah. He might have the... Still only 26, my, by the way. Still young, but, okay. But yeah, has has accumulated a whole lot more service Right, time. so that's a, maybe a different conversation, slightly different conversation. But yeah. still, the idea remains the same. It's going to be a tough... It's going to be interesting to see how they approach it, the decisions they make based on who they value as long-term pieces for this franchise... And who, who they value as guys that are, hey, you played really well here, but you're just not going to be here. Right. Where you're not in the line up with, yeah. with what we're trying to get done in the next five, six, however many years yeah. it's going to take. Um, and, and we need to kind of not restock or replenish, mm-hmm. but add more depth yeah. to this farm system. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because at the beginning of last year, right before the deadline, we all knew, you know, Talks have been growing, and it was all assumed that Manny Machado was going to be dealt. Yeah, um, it was almost assumed that Zach Britton was going to be dealt. Yeah, you know th- those were, and th- those happened days before the deadline. Then the deadline day comes, and right before four p.m., they offload Jonathan Scope, they offload Darren O'Day, they offload Kevin Gausman, in a flurry of moves. Yeah, and it was interesting because I don't think we fully expected that because we'd been around this. Um, front office for a while. We'd been around the Dan Duquette-led front office, and they had always been going for it. Yeah. And they knew, obviously, at that point that they weren't a playoff team, but I think it was surprising to see, okay, they're willing to do a full-scale rebuild at that point. For this trade deadline, for a Michael Ias deadline, look, he was assistant GM when he was with the Astros, so he's been through a full rebuild, but how is his approach to the rebuild? What, what is that going to be like? Because it's like... You know, we, we got our taste of, you know, we said in spring training, like, it's going to be interesting to see how Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde put together their their 25 and 40-man roster. Right. And then we got a little taste of that and who they value and, you know, rule five picks, how many they were going to take and how many were going to make the team and stay on the team. And now I just feel like this, you know, I, I, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here by thinking about the, the deadline, but... It we you know if he might be a guy that wants to hold on to these guys for as long as possible, or he could flip them pretty darn quickly. We yeah. just have no idea, um, and there are a lot of guys that that could potentially be in that range of getting of being flippable. We could get a glimpse of this, the answer to this question on Monday night. Yeah, but with the draft. Where, where do they value? How do they? Where do they find the most value in, in players? Are yeah. they valuing guys who are absolute studs at their particular position, or yeah. are they valuing guys who are more versatile, can play multiple positions? Are yeah. they valuing starting pitching over offense, or starting pitching over the bullpen, or vice versa, stuff like that? So we could get a not a full in depth answer yeah. on the draft, but you, we can get a glimpse based on who they select number one overall, and then in their and their subsequent yeah. picks. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they evaluate again how they yeah. evaluate the talent they have. Also, the talent they have right now has to start. Playing well, you know, coming into the season, guys like Richard Blyer and and Michael Givens, who we thought would be major yeah. trade chips, or have kind of slipped Castro, off. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and aren't as valuable 
right now on yeah. May 31st or May 30th than they were before the start of the season. So they've got a month and a half to turn it around to become valuable pieces. And it'll be interesting to see if they are able to even move some of these guys. Yeah, it that's a that's a great point there. Because also, even like Jonathan VR, who started out the year hot, is batting at he's slowly been batting average has gone down to 259. Only seven homers. You know, he does have 25 RBIs, um, but has not stolen or attempted as many bases as steals as I thought he would coming into the year. He's got 12 stolen base attempts. Thought he would have a little bit more than that at this point. So, you know, is has his value changed? Were they Would they want to flip him? Do they want to hold on to him and see if his value can go up? Yeah. You know, if, if they have a guy under contract for a few – until the end of the year or until, you know, 2020 or 2021 – do they think, okay, this guy's value is going to be a whole lot higher in a year's time or whatever it may right. be. Um, and guys like Mark Trumbo hasn't even played yet this season. Yeah, his his is, return is pending, but he was another yeah. big bat that we thought at the beginning of the season. You know, teams look for power, especially yeah. AL teams look for DHs, power bats that can either come off the bench or be a DH for the postseason. He hasn't even played yet. Yeah, and you know he's coming soon. Can he show any sort of value in June and July before the deadline and limited action. Him, Mark Trumbo, and Alex Cobb, them not playing have been two underrated blows to this team. Yeah. Not because of what they can contribute to the Orioles this year, but because of their value as trade chips. Right. They have not been healthy at all. Um, and it's frustrating for both of these guys, I know, because they're veteran guys, and I'm sure that they would want to potentially you know, either – coach up this young team or be flipped to a contender right. and them not playing this year. You wonder if, if the Michael Elias in the front office were thinking, you know, if this is what they expected or if they were, they went into the year thinking we can get these guys healthy and we can flip them at the deadline, and get something. I mean, now they're just not valuable. Well, all. well, they make sure this, that this decision process we're talking about, about how they're evaluating their players and who's going to stay and who's going to go. It makes that even harder yeah, because it makes a lot harder beginning of the season. All right. It's no secret, Mark Trumbo, Alex Cobb, guys like that, yeah. we're not going to be long-term pieces exactly. for this rebuild. But now when they're not playing, they might not hold – they hold very little, if any, value to trade. So you can't flip them. So yeah. then you, if you're going to make moves and dump guys off, you're going to have to start dipping into the pool of players that you thought were going to be here for a long time yeah. and, and wanted to keep for at least a couple more years or maybe for the long term as in a Trey Mancini. That's a discussion for maybe another day. But, yeah, it's these these injuries have been blows, not just to the team on the field, but to this front office's overarching plans and goals for down the line. Yeah, and even Dan Straley, who, you know, was picked up um, after the season started, or right before the season, really, you know, like right around opening day, there weren't obviously major expectations for him, considering, you know, he had just gotten cut by the Marlins and he wasn't expected to be a huge contributor. But... The fact that he has been an, a starting pitcher with an ERA over eight, that's just one fewer guy that you might be able to flip to a contender. Yeah. Um, you just wonder how many trades they'll even be able to make yeah. with their their veterans on their roster. Um, that is that is definitely frustrating. Yeah. Um, and that's been kind of the... Look, they, they still, as mentioned, still a lot of baseball to be played. Still two whole months before the trade deadline. Right. But I think a lot of the veterans would have to either turn things around or get healthy and turn things around quickly if they're going to be flipped. So there might not be that many moves on the table for Michael Elias in his first trade deadline. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see, and um, a lot riding on the progress of these players and yeah. the health of them over the next couple months. Yeah, all right. Um, that is actually a good transition into the draft. Um, with the number one overall pick, 
Orioles also have the 42nd overall pick and the 71st overall pick. The name everybody has been hearing for months now is Adley Rutschman, the catcher for Morgan State, um, the switch hitting catcher from Oregon State, the uh, Pac-12 player of the year, the national player of the year, I think, pretty much. Um, And there are other names out there. And I think it is going to come down to, you know, the question that everybody's going to want answered and is going to be answered on Monday night is Adley Rutschman or the field. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, when we talk about comparing drafts and Mm -hmm. it's like the number one overall pick for the NFL draft and you're looking at the Cardinals, well, it's going to be Kyler Murray or the field. Yeah, yeah. And and it turned out to be Kyler Murray. But, yeah, this is a guy who everyone is – I mean, he is just glowing in everyone's eyes. He yeah. is th- he, his nickname is Captain America, for God's sakes. <laughs> Everyone loves this guy. Yeah. He, he's a leader in the clubhouse, off the field, on the field. He produces, um, and um, he, he's someone that is you probably unanimous, unanimously ranked as the top overall prospect in all of baseball right now coming, in, uh, coming into the draft. And um, that bears the question, you know, do you go with the number one overall guy? And, and the baseball draft is – is a hard thing to manage right. and, and, and evaluate in terms of your players. So do you go with the number one overall guy, the quote unquote sure thing, or do you go at a better value at a position like shortstop mm-hmm. um, that, you know, better, maybe services yeah. better down the line. And also the idea of saving money, which is not yeah. never a factor in the NFL draft because, you know, you have money slots for every position, right? This one, you do have money slots, but it's, it's, you can go over or under, so if they go with somebody who might be cheaper than Adley Rutschman, they can then use that money later on for picks number 42 and 71. Yeah. So um, I think there are, there's a lot going for Adley, but I think there are a couple factors that might keep them from drafting him. One is the money. Um, if uh, We don't know, obviously, how much he wants or how much he is expected to make with that first contract, but you would expect it's going to be a lot. You expect his agent is going to be asking for a good amount of money, yeah. considering the hype around this kid. Yeah. And the number one overall factor. Then there's the idea of, well, how long do they think this rebuild is going to take? Adley Rutschman is, what, 21 years old, junior in college. Do the Orioles want to take a gamble on a high school kid who's three years younger with the hope and expectation that, or the idea that this rebuild could take longer than three or four or five years even, and that they want to maximize the prime of whoever they get with this number one overall pick. Right. Do they think that Adley Rutschman is too old to fit into their timeline? Will his prime enter in the terms of yeah. the prime of this rebuild, I guess, right. you, know, you know, for lack of a better comparison? Yeah. Like when this team ideally starts turning it around and starts winning and competing, is that going to add up to or go in line yeah. with Adley Rutschman's progress as a, as a prospect if you draft him? Um, yeah, that's a fair question, too. I, I I mean, look, 21 is not old by any stretch. No, no, but you would think, especially for a catcher, catcher, like, their, their timelines aren't the same, yeah. and also their durability kind of, like, look at the last catcher that the, the last big-name catcher the Orioles drafted, and Matt Wieters, I mean, his... Comparisons He, are, he yeah. was a phenomenal player for only that small window of years, yeah. but then now... He's kind of tailed off, and catchers don't last as long as maybe a shortstop or yeah. another position player. So it, it's, it's it's a tricky thing, yeah. and and it's another question that Michael Elias and his team have to answer. It's like, all right, how long do we realistically think this is going to take? Yeah, and, and 
it, it, you know, 21 is not is not old, but you look at there are 21 year olds who are already in baseball. <laughs> they're that's that true. Already, or younger. Once Soto is 20, and you know, uh, Ronald Acuna is 21, and like, you know, they, yeah, there are guys that are already making their mark on the game yeah. at that age. That being said, Adley Rutschman, from what we've heard, could fly through any system that he gets drafted into. Yeah. Based on his, they say, some say his defense is already at a major league uh, level. Right. And his bat could easily follow, considering he's hitting over 400 and crushing the ball and walking, so he's got an eye. But the, yeah, that, and, and the, the other factor is how much do they, f- it, how, how important of a position is catcher? Right. For Michael Elias. Right. Well, yeah. So uh, that's kind of go- goes in line with my right. question too. Where do you value the most highly touted prospect or yeah. the best, the best overall guy, or do you take the best overall guy at a higher valued position, like yeah. a shortstop it's, or infielder? Right. Uh, and and do you value a, p- a catcher more than you would other positions on the diamond? I I think it's pretty obvious. Like I I, I would say. So Michael Elias also said on opening day, like. In order to get a good shortstop in the draft, you have to draft him high. Yeah. We saw him draft Carlos Correa with the first overall pick, or his front office did um, several years ago. So he values, and it, obviously teams around baseball value the shortstop a lot because right. of what he d- does defensively. A ton of balls are hit there. Where, how far down below that would catcher be? You know, because yeah. a catcher doesn't play as many games, even if he's fully healthy, doesn't play as many games as other positions because they need to get days off. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, they're less valuable there, but they are more valuable in terms of they work with the pitching staff the most. They're responsible for the pitching game as well as, you know, what they do at the plate. Yep. Um, a good catcher has to throw up. Base runners is whole, touches Protect the ball. The plate. Yeah. Touches the ball almost every play. Yeah. Um, and has to come up with game plans. So, in that respect, a catcher is more valuable than the average player, than yeah. the than an outfielder, than a second baseman, than a first baseman. There's a reason that many catchers go into coaching and managing positions yeah. because they affect so much of the game while they're players. They they touch every aspect of the game when they're when they're players. So yeah, from that perspective, a catcher is highly valuable in terms of you know if you get like look at the best catchers for the long term across the across baseball, Buster Posey, Yadier Molina, like those guys are fantastic at what they do, but they also are great impacts on their organization because of how they go about their business, how they, yeah. I know you love that phrase, <laughs> um, but like, and I just think it's and funny. how they touch every single aspect yeah. of it because catchers do have so much influence across the diamond, even though they're maybe not as valuable, quote unquote, statistic yeah. wise. Um, as other positions in terms of like offensive or defensive production. Sidebar. I just think it's funny. I feel like in no other true business or any realm of life do you hear the phrase how somebody goes about their business than baseball. Yeah, yeah. Is, uh, baseball is the only realm that I can think of that you can say go about your business. Like I like that with the way that person goes about their business. I like the way you, you say that in the ball. office. Like you're you're in. I a, just did. Oh well, thank you. That's kind of weird. Like, all right. <laughs> don't you think it's like, oh man, I like the way you go about your business. What does that even mean? <laughs> Do you like the work that I do? I do you like my dog the, the way that I do my work? <laughs> do you like that I listen to music when I type? Yeah, <laughs> I do actually like that. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I like how you sing. Thank you. I hum. I hum you a lot. You do hum, but you sing too. I sing. I sing quite well. Long. We got off track. Um, yeah, catch was important. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of the shortstop conversation as well, Bobby Witt Jr. is the other guy that's yeah. kind of viewed. What he has going for him, obviously younger, he's high school guy. Um, shortstop being a more valuable position 
Some are ranking him as one of the best shortstop prospects of the past couple decades in line with the Carlos Correa. That's high, high uh, praise. So he is very much on the table. Um, and I also wonder, the other question is, how much is he going to cost? You know, yeah. if, he, if he's going to be as much as Adley Rutschman, maybe they're, they're less likely to draft him over Adley Rutschman. Like if, if they're going to be the same price, my guess is they probably go with Rutschman. Yeah. But we'll see. I also wonder, if you're talking about price, like cost, mm-hmm. I wonder, because we also just heard Michael Elias talk about how July is going to be very busy in terms of international signing stuff. Right? Yes. So I wonder how, if, all right, if you're going to be active in the international market, I know they don't really affect each other, but mm-hmm. like, just hear me out. If Why not just go all chips in for the draft pool for number one, since you have the number one overall. Yeah. And then be really active with your other monies in terms of international signing, like they're already planning to do. Yeah, perhaps. I, I mean, I don't know if there's. I'm just. I don't know how much carry co- there. Yeah, because right. I think they're two separate pools. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. like, so since there are two separate pools, use this pool to go all in in the draft, right? And then you just kind of diverse this pool to get yeah. more talent elsewhere, right? Since you know you can't draft international players in the draft, yeah. Yeah, like whether they or if they stick with the same model of like just get as many guys as you can. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to doing that in the right the draft because you, I mean, you know, it's it's a draft, so yeah. it's, your picks are spaced out. Whereas the international signing, that's kind of just like a free for all. Go get them. Yeah, and spend high there. Exactly. Well, it's going to be interesting. I wonder if that's a strategy or not. On Monday, we're going to be broadcasting right from here, right from the Mass and Web Studio. Yeah. You're going to be at that desk right over there. Right over there. Um, and Steve Molesky will be right at this desk here, typing away on MassInSports.com. Got a lot of great stuff. We will have Mike Elias shortly after he makes his draft pick. Um, and we will hear from whoever the pick is that is drafted, uh, number one overall by the Baltimore Orioles. It's going to be an exciting show. We're going to start right around 7 o'clock, uh, and we have plenty planned. Yeah, be sure to follow Mass and Orioles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat even. Uh, we've got all the behind-the-scenes stuff going on. It's going to be a yeah. fun and eventful day. Number one overall pick. Can't get any more exciting than that. Big day in franchises. Um, yeah, they've only ever had one other norm- number one overall pick who we will hear from yes. on that night. Um, ben McDonald will be joining us for yes. a segment. Um, so be sure to tune in. It's going to be a great time. Before we get out of here, Bobby, I want to make my case for Trey Mancini. All right. Um, let's get uh, our wonderful interns. Let's cue up that music, please. Mm. Do I love the smell of freshly cut grass at a baseball field? Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. Sorry. My name is Paul, but my name really isn't important. What is important is I love two things, dingers and doubles. That's why I'm voting for Trey Mancini for the 2019 All-Star Game in Cleveland, Ohio. Boys, let's lower that music just a little bit. I want to talk directly to the camera and to the American people. Look, Cleveland is the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And nothing rocks more than a big league homer. Trey Mancini, he's got 10 of them. And there's nothing more American than rolling into second on a double off the wall. Now, Trey has 17 of those. Mookie Betts has 14 doubles. Is Trey Mancini better than Mookie Betts? You be the judge. I once sat down with Trey, Mancano to Mancini, and I asked him, what are the most important things in your life, Trey? He said, golly, Paul, I'd have to say my family, this great nation, and of course, OPS. Now, whether that conversation actually took place distracts from the fact that Trey has an 874 OPS, 
11th among AL outfielders. Now, I bet that family would be mighty proud of you, Trey, and I bet this great nation would as well. Now, I don't want to tell you to vote for Trey Mancini. I want you to vote for whoever you want for this All-Star game. But I will tell you that if you don't vote for Trey, you may find yourself blocked on Twitter by one at Paul Mancano, and none of us want that to happen. Am I right? So let's do the right thing. Let's vote Trey Mancini to the 2019 All-Star game. Thank you for your time. This is a proud paid sponsorship by Paul Mancano, and only Paul Mancano, not Trey Mancini. Bobby Blanco approves that message. Thank you. And thank you to the great people uh, of this great country. Man, that was chilling. I don't know who, <laughs> who among you has a dry eye, but I would guess it's none. So, uh, yeah. So just a little, mm-hmm. little shook up. He's, um, he's the all-star Oriole we all want to see. Yeah, you're, yeah. I, I'm now hopping on the bandwagon. Not that I wasn't already on it, but... Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, that speech buddy. convinced me. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, uh, guys, that just about does it for the Mass and All Access podcast. Rate, subscribe, review, um, all that good stuff. Yeah. Follow so. us on Twitter, at Bobby underscore Blanco. At Paul Mancano for this guy right here. Yep. Um, and we will. Birthday, boy. See you later.